No fish have been harmed in the making of this podcast. Yeah, yeah, they they like that. I was trying to get Don to not use his, so I had better <laughs> chance at the fish. But he well, was on to me. <laughs> well, we're we're dockside here at a Oregon Bass and Panfish Club fish in. We've got several members with us. Bill, tell me how it was this morning. Oh, it was nice. We got out about five, and uh, it, it was uh, they were biting top water, so. Uh, yeah, it was really good conditions, and it's still nice and cool. Yeah, we're out here. It's it's June, and most of you may know that we you know we we've had this heat wave going on, but we did get out early. Tell me a little bit about when we changed positions. Uh, what baits did you try? Well, at first we were all three of us were using top water and had some action on that. Good morning for it, and uh, then after we repositioned the boat, we started fishing a little shallower and and. Uh, switched over to some plastic baits. Uh, I tried a swim bait, didn't get much action on that, so switched to a Texas rig 4-inch Senko, and uh, eventually all of us were using something similar. Uh, I think Joe was using a Ned rig, and he caught a couple fish on that. We were trying all types of baits, and uh, the smaller males really seem to be prevalent out there. Do you think that the larger fish will start biting uh, soon, or will it be the fall? Well, it usually picks up in the fall, but um, they can be caught now. You just have to change up your tactics. I tried some uh, deep diving crankbaits earlier today and uh, didn't get any interest in that and uh, switched to some shallower crankbaits uh, looking for a reaction bite. They just seem to migrate to the plastics. Well, Bill, thanks for this little dockside interview. We will catch up in the uh, on the phone, and we'll finish up our recording, and we will put out what it's like to go on a fish-in with uh, Oregon Bass and Pan Fish Club. Thanks, Bill. Thank you, Don. Well, I'd like to welcome everybody to Talking Bass and PDX. As you may have heard, we started off the program live out on the dock on the Willamette River as we were fishing on a Saturday morning when it was really, really warm. I had some Oregon Bass and Pan Fish Club members in the boat we went out, got into the fish, and came back in, did a little bit of dockside talking, and wrapped up our day. Now, I want to complete the interview. I got the Oregon Bass and Panfish Club president, Bill Ramsauer, on the line, and we finish up a, the interview with him and talk a little bit about uh, boat safety and boat launching and that type of thing. So I hope you all enjoy the rest of the the interview. Well, Bill, welcome uh, indoors now. You know, we were out on the dock there talking about uh, about fishing and, and about how we'd done uh, that morning. And, Bill, so what I wanted to kind of get our conversation going on was talking about fishing an Oregon Bass and Panfish Club fish in. Tell me a little bit about your preparation as you're getting ready to go on a, on a fish in. Sure, Don. Um, 
Well, it all starts with our activities calendar and that we put together the previous year and uh, based on what worked and what didn't work and why. And so, uh, you know, our activities will be scheduled uh, as close as can be to what's actually going on out there, of course. And uh, we, we do try some new things now and again, as far as my own preparation. Um, I've been doing this a while, so I try not to take too much gear, especially if we're gonna be targeting smallmouth bass in the spring kind of have my favorite stuff and it usually if something's going to work that works uh if you hit it just right they'll they'll nail almost anything you put out there so um that's especially if i'm going with somebody else i just i try to take just uh maybe three rods and um and my personal stuff and just a little gear well bill that's so important that you talk about that because there are a couple different ways that uh, that the club does fish ins. You know, of course, there is some bank events, but we'll kind of hold that for another topic. But many of the members do own boats, and a lot of folks like to invite members along. And so, if you get if you get invited along to a fish in, kind of tell me about how you put your gear together as to what you're going to use. It kind of depends upon who invites me. If it's somebody I know well that I've fished with a lot uh, and, and I know what they typically keep in their boat and would loan me if necessary, like I say, I, I keep my gear to a minimum and uh, so I can keep it out of the way. As a boat owner myself, um, I know that the, the captain needs to have access uh, to all areas of the boat, especially the front and the cockpit. And important to take a minimum of gear and keep it out of the way. Well, that's so important to talk about. You know, if you're in someone else's boat, and some of the boats are a little smaller, some of them are a little bit bigger, but, you know, really make sure that you keep your gear picked up because you never know when the captain may be up front and he's got to get to the back of the boat right quick, or maybe you've got a big fish on and... You you need help getting that fish in the boat. You certainly don't want gear laying uh, all around you. Now, we were talking a little bit about the calendar, and some of the fish-ins that we have are closer to, to the Portland area. Some of them are a little further out. What's the furthest uh, out that the club tends to go? Well, we used to go all the way to Brownlee. Um, that, of course, would be more of a camp out. Um, and potholes is not quite as far. Uh, they're both excellent places to go uh, if the conditions are right. Um, but we weren't having a very good turnout for those uh, long drives. So we've tried to trim it back to having more stuff here local. We've got great fishing uh, pretty much within an hour. Um, you know, there's uh, Silver Lake, Washington, there's Hag Lake, and then the, the opportunities in our rivers, uh, Willamette and Columbia and Multnomah Channel, are, uh, are practically endless, uh, again, if the conditions are right. Well, I think that's the beauty of Oregon Bass and Panfish Club is that you go to such a variety of waters, Talked a little bit about Hag Lake. Talked a little bit about Silver Lake. So you've got some lake fishing there. We also 
Um, we'll hit the Columbia River a bit, so if folks want to learn a, bit, a little bit about the Columbia River, uh, certainly that's available. And the Willamette River and the Multnomah Channel are, are very much uh, something that we fish a lot. Now, for folks that are interested to learn about the fishing venues, Bill, talk a little bit about coming to meetings and how they learn about which fishing events they may want to attend. Well, as a member, they would receive uh, in the beginning of the year the uh, um, Oregon Bass and Pan Fish Club activities calendar. And as as we would move through the year, with our general meetings typically being on the fourth Thursday of every month, we would schedule our our outings for the following Saturday. So that's where you would perhaps learn. Uh, we, we might have a program or a guest speaker that will talk about that body of water, let's say the upper Willamette, someone who's familiar with it, who's done well uh, recently. And uh, we, we have some contests, some members that belong to our club that also belong to other clubs that are tournament clubs. So these are serious fishermen, and we try to get them or someone like them as the guest speakers. And so that provides the members uh, a chance to take some notes, and during our social break, they might even uh, get a chance to hook up with a boat captain who has an empty seat and would be willing to take them out uh, for the for that event. And uh, we try we try to promote that. We can't always do it, sadly, but uh, it's nice when we can. Well, and that's the, the the wonderful thing about the club is that the the folks are willing to teach now. Maybe they don't have an empty seat that you can go in, but certainly they're willing to give you information right at the meeting, and I think that's important. And, and also some of the some of the guys if, and gals, if you meet up with them at the dock uh, dockside, they will um, they will help you. Uh, maybe point you in the right direction. Maybe even lead you down to where they're going to be fishing. So I think it's uh, for folks who want to learn about fishing in the Portland area. I think it's uh, very important. Now, what I wanted to get to is uh, boat boat etiquette. As far as well, let's start. Let's start with prepping your boat at the uh, the ramp that you're going to be going to, putting your boat in the water. You've owned a boat for many many years, or different boats, I should say. Kind of talk us through your process, and then talk through the the etiquette process when you're on the ramp. Well, the first thing I like to do, especially if it's somebody who I'm taking out for the first time or haven't taken out for a while, and I know that they're maybe not familiar with boating, is we run through like a safety check. And I will show them, you know, where the fire extinguishers are and reassure them that there's never been a fire but in case, where the uh, emergency flag is, uh, what to do in case I would go overboard, um, Things like that. Try to cover um, as much stuff as we could. And then, like I mentioned earlier, just uh, show them where their space is, where they can keep their stuff and where it's out of the way uh, from the other people who are in the boat. Um, so then we'll, uh, uh, of course, they'll, they'll assist in launching the boat. And uh, off we go. We I try to, once we get underway, I try to... Uh, explain to them the concept of, okay, if you're fishing out of the back of the boat, this is primarily your area. 
and uh, you know, don't cast up alongside of me because I may unexpectedly have to turn the boat, and then I I would end up getting uh, your line and my prop, and then we would be done fishing for a while, while we you know sorted that out. Um, I also, if I'm taking someone out and I'm providing a rod and reel for them, I have high vis line on. And I learned this from the guides. Um, so they can easily see where their uh, their guests' lines are and uh, help to avoid uh, tangles and such. Uh, so we cover that, that stuff and then um, how to help each other land a large fish, uh, just some other common sense things like that. Well, that's really good information. Now, one thing I wanted to add, once we're out in a spot, and the morning that we were all out fishing together, there was three of us out in the boat, and I didn't mention it because there was uh, three, you know, fairly decent fishermen in the boat. But uh, if I've got a newer person in the boat, I sh- I make sure that they're watching what's behind you because you do not want to uh, get a cast ready and get somebody's arm or finger or, or even worse yet in the face. Uh, so I always make sure that if they're fishing in the boat, that they are turning to the side of the boat uh, so that they're not casting, uh, so that they'll hit somebody. And that's um, that's real important because you don't want somebody to get hurt out there when you're having fun. Oh, yeah. I In the past, I've had my hat taken off my head. I've had my glasses taken off my face. Didn't get those back. They They don't float, of course. Um, and it was all because I was uh, had moved from the back of the boat to the center of the boat, and the person in the front of the boat um, was casting a crankbait with uh, a couple of treble hooks on there. And so I'm not even sure who's – I guess I should have notified them that I was within their range. Uh, and also we used to fish out of much smaller boats to, to where, even though the rods were usually shorter back then, we were only sitting maybe eight feet apart, and it was easy to you'd feel that lure whiz past your ear, and uh, have to remind your partner that hey, I'm back here. So, it, it, being in the back of the boat, you're usually facing the front uh, often, and so you're you're more conscious of uh, you're not going to be so apt to have a close call with your lure um, on your captain. Yeah, and that's just important. You know, safety, even though we're having fun, safety is just such an important topic. One other thing I wanted to mention was when you're casting, or in the case of trolling for walleye, uh, if you get hung up, make sure you tell your boat captain. I actually was involved with an incident uh, just this past week where maybe the person didn't want to tell me that they were uh that they were hung up or maybe they just didn't know and they ended up breaking a fishing rod. Um, and that, that was an unfortunate accident um, that was their fishing rod, not mine. Uh, I loaned them one after that. But, um, you know, let the captain know, hey, I'm stuck. Okay, we'll turn the boat around. We'll see if we can get get the line out. Or maybe we can even recover the uh, the lure that you threw. You know, that's the best case. So that's, that's important. Now, let's get back to the... Uh, getting the boat in the water. Talk a little bit about etiquette at the boat ramp. Oh, that's a, it's fun to go down on the weekend and just sit and watch the boat ramp, especially in the middle of the summer. Um, You'll see everything down there. Uh, 
people who cut in front of other ones or, or try to launch in too small of a space or on top of each other. And um, I just don't know what some of those people are thinking of. We just usually get out of their way. And, uh, you know, they're, they got to get out there. So, um, you know, you, you try to, to launch your boat. If you're by yourself, I will just find someone who will I can hand the rope to. I'll, I'll back the boat in the water and let it glide off the trailer and ask them just to walk it down the dock out of the way and tie it up for me. So it's not in the way of the next person while I'm off parking an eighth of a mile away or trying to find a parking spot. That That's usually not the case. I usually have somebody with me um, who's familiar with that. And then some of us guys that have fished together for years, um, we, we don't even really say much to each other. It's like, uh, you want me to be in the truck or the boat and just launch and, you know, Usually everything works okay if we remember to take the transom straps off and put the plug in, um, and I, I won't go into that. But, uh, um, yeah, I think the biggest mistake I see is people, they'll, they'll back down to the water, and then they'll start transferring their gear from their truck to their boat, you know, which they should have done up in the parking lot, and especially places like Scapoose Bay Marina. You can get really busy there. And you can only launch two or three at a time. Sometimes they have that center lane closed. Um, yeah, I've, I've seen some angry people down there. And uh, and also people that back down there and, and unload their kayaks and then transfer their gear. You know, they've got the ramp plugged up for 15 minutes when they should be able to easily do that in three to five minutes. Um, yeah, that's really... You know, we try to- we try to watch out, help. You can tell if someone's having a problem. You think it's easy just to go offer some help, and usually they'll accept it. And these people mostly don't know. They have to be told. Sure, and I think once that, the, you know, if you mention it to them like, you know, you're blocking the ramp and no one else can use it, and you're nice about it, of course. Um, now, one of the things that I've been trying to do, and I, and I know that this is, difficult but getting my wife to back our boat trailer down to to pick up the boat so that I can be in the boat as soon as she gets it uh, in the water pull up on it hook the uh the front winch and she can pull me right back out trying to make it faster uh however because there are a lot of newer people that have started boating they may not be as good at backing a trailer up and it, just a little bit of patience that's all that's all you need is Another minute or two of patience, they'll get the trailer in the water. So I just wanted to mention that uh, because most most folks that are trying to either get their boat in or get out or get it out, they are trying to do it as quickly as they can. But there are a few that, you know, when they're prepping their boat, they'll go down to the ramp and prep it. So, um, But you were absolutely right a little earlier. If you want to see some of the most unusual or funny things happen, go to a boat ramp and hang out for a, for a little while, and you will see things happen that um, you'll just kind of wonder how it, how it happened. Um, I was at the uh, downtown ramp, downtown Portland, and the brand-new boat uh, was being backed in, and they released all the straps, including the winch, and about halfway down the ramp, we saw the boat slide off the trailer onto the concrete. Um, I'm sure the owner... Oh, no. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure the owner was very embarrassed because a bunch of us walked over and helped lift the boat back onto the trailer. 
and his bat, brand new ski boat was scratched up pretty bad. I, I think it hurt more of his ego than it did the boat. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, and the the other topic I kind of wanted to cover was a little bit of boat etiquette when you're out fishing. Now, a lot of folks will be out early, and if they're fishing an area, I just wanted to get your take on etiquette when you come up on another boat and you want to fish that particular spot. Uh, well, I try to uh, stay 200 feet away, um, or at least as far as I can cast my longest outfit, you know, so there's no chance of entangling with them. And I want to give them some respect. They got there first, and, you know, they'll. there's been a lot of times where I, we just hung off the and fished off to the side of the structure that we wanted to fish, and the other boat left, and we pulled in there and caught some fish. So um, I don't horn in on anyone. When you're trolling, it's a different story. You, you need to, uh, especially in the channel, if you're trolling for walleyes and you're using a, a bottom walker, you know, it's not very deep. If you've got about 45 degrees on your line, you're not really taking up a lot of room there behind your boat. So it's it's hard to get hung up with somebody else, even if they cut you off. But sometimes we like to use crankbaits, and we'll let out maybe 100 feet of line, and then you you got to be careful where you do that, um, you know, because you just you know, people don't know how much line you've got out. They they should be able to look at uh, the angle coming off your rod tip, but you know, still. Uh, now I've heard that you know some guys are starting to use planer boards. And you know, I I would think that even in the in the Columbia, but especially in the Multnomah Channel and the Willamette River, you know, you're you're not going to get a chance to do that very often because you're taking up a lot of room. And uh, um, you know, I just um, I, I guess I I really am aware of and uh, respect the other fishermen that are out there. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I'm just not going to horn in on them. Well, I think that's so important to just kind of stand back, look at the situation and go, hey, I'm not going to pull in on your spot. Um, you know, I will tend to just go on to my next spot. If I if I see somebody fishing the spot that I wanted, I just, I just move along. I'll come back to it. Um, it's uh, like that old adage, I can show you my favorite spot place to fish doesn't mean you're going to catch the fish there. A different technique or a presentation will make all the difference in the world. So, yeah, I tend to just leave them alone. When it comes to trolling, it was really interesting. Um, I was uh, actually out this weekend, and there were six boats in a small area, and we were circling, and nobody was getting hung up. Uh, I believe they everybody was... Uh, they were all walleye fishing, and I believe that everybody was dropping pretty heavy weights down, and the, there just wasn't a lot of line in behind the boats. So uh, mm -hmm. uh, generally that, that, that tends to work pretty good. Well, Bill, one of the things that I wanted to talk about, and we talked about some safety stuff, we talked about some ramp stuff, but uh, we, did, we did a little interview out at the dock when we were coming in on that uh, most one of the hottest days in, uh, in Portland this summer. Um, Tell me a little bit about your experience on that particular trip and what you would have done differently or what you liked about it. 
Well, I believe you're referring to the uh, the June 26th uh, outing at Boone's Ferry. And uh, uh, a friend and I met you at about 5 a.m. And uh, we went out for about an hour and a half, two hours. Uh, you took us to a great spot. We uh, we hit it just right as far as the sun coming up, and there was a lot of shade on the water still. And it seemed like almost anything you threw out there, they'd go after. Um, so I, I had a great time. We came in uh, about 7 because we were supposed to have, like, a meeting on the dock, which we did. And uh, um, I didn't go back out. Um, I had some other stuff I had to do. But uh, it, it was well worth the drive just to fish for that short time because the conditions were so nice and and you you, use one of those situations where you you felt like well we got to enjoy the couple hours here because it's going to be roasting hot out here soon and there'll be a lot of boat traffic so um that was a great experience we caught some nice fish well thank you uh for coming along that was it was great fun it we were able to use Several techniques that morning. Top water, we were able to throw some creature baits. We were able to throw some um, some sinkos. Uh, yeah, overall, I thought we we just had a great time because the fish, the bite was on, and uh, and we were getting fish in the boat uh, right along. Unfortunately, the weather got very hot that day, well well over a hundred degrees, and the bite stopped at about seven thirty. So when we went back out, we were only out for another hour and a half or so and, and had to come back in. Um, luckily enough, the boat traffic wasn't bad when we came in, so we were able to retrieve the boat, put it on the trailer, and dry it all off and uh, and had a had a great day. So thanks, thanks for coming along. Now, one of the things that we did at that particular uh, fish-in that I wanted to mention to, to folks was... For Oregon Bass and Panfish Club members, we were giving away maps that we had had two or three of our really good Upper Willamette people show where to go fishing. So they drew some lines on there. They made some notes. And so if you're an Oregon Bass and Panfish Club member and you would have come out to that fish in, you get a map that shows right where to go. So you're not out hunting that miles and miles of river. So I just wanted to Wanted to point that in there. So, Bill, last word goes to you. What advice do you have for for folks that are wanting to learn how to go fishing? Well, I just want to add um, on the uh, 21st of August, I believe, um, we do have our next outing, and it is – well, actually, that's, uh, that's our next day trip. And we will be providing maps there also, uh, proven maps on the Multnomah Channel to uh, club members. So just wanted to mention that, that uh, there's more than once a year that we do provide uh, maps to people. And we have quite a supply of those um, on file that we go back to and print up from time to time, depending upon where we're going. So... um, uh, as far as our, the uh, the outings and the and we are we, we our club does promote um, education as far as fishing and outdoors experiences boatings, um, so uh, you know we we talk about that at every club meeting, 
And like we mentioned earlier, we will promote our uh, next outing and talk about some uh, uh, proven methods and techniques. And then, like I say, the maps, um, answer any questions people might have during our program, and then also during our social break afterwards. So there's an abundance of information to be had. I notice a lot of new people uh, take notes during the meeting. And um, like I say, there's, there's always somebody there who will have an answer for you. You might just have to ask around. Uh, we'll usually point out someone, say, if you ask about a certain body of water, say like Silver Lake, Washington, we've got guys that fish there a lot, and then we'll just point you in their direction. Perfect, Bill. Thank you. If folks want more information, Google Oregon Bass and Panfish Club or go to OregonBassAndPanfishClub.com. I will have that in the notes, and you can look up information about the club, where the meetings are at, and when they happen. Bill, thank you for stopping by this afternoon. Well, it's my pleasure, Don. And I'd like to thank Bill for coming on the podcast. And if you have any questions for Oregon Bass and Panfish Club, as we said, you can Google Oregon Bass and Panfish Club. It'll come up. Or the web address, Oregon Bass and Panfish Club, all typed out, .com, can be found. You can check out their website. There's lots of information there. If you've got questions for me, and this has been Don Clark. Talking Bass in PDX, and I'll see you on the backcast.